0: Keep Up. I'm your host, Cynthia Dill. It's Friday, August 26th, 2022, and I'm recording from my Portland, Maine studio. Happy Friday. The show is an update on the Cape Elizabeth housing issue, briefly. Uh, my interview with Jeff Shedd and also my comments on a letter submitted by a local business person to the newspaper that the town planner for Cape Elizabeth, uh, her day should be numbered. <laughs> So first, um, Jeff Shedd came to my home this morning, in Cape Elizabeth, and spent two hours of his time talking to me about affordable housing, and I was really grateful for his time, and I was grateful for the level of preparation that he had obviously done before the interview, and his curiosity and his, it it appeared to be, uh, good listening skills, Uh, I'm looking forward to reading I'm looking forward to reading the piece. I hope that it was clear my position on affordable housing that I'm pro affordable housing that I think we should emphasize affordable housing for families and do it morally and fiscally responsible and have some ideas, exciting ideas, community housing being one of them, the new state law being the other and some concerns, you know, about the upcoming referendum that the, that the facts about the issue are just not available readily for the public and, and there's a lot of misinformation and some of it's intentional it's an incredibly frustrating and by way of example I pointed to Jeff Shedd's most recent piece the Affordable Housing Series Part 4 and in it he says that Richard Berman um, was not in favor of sending the town council's zoning ordinance amendments to referendum <laughs> um, and so that's 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 not the case that's and Richard Berman can speak for himself I've interviewed Richard Berman I think very highly of him we were aligned when it came to putting the town center affordable housing amendments out to referendum he worked with me he signed a petition and circulated a petition and I presented that document to Jeff Shedd it's a public document and and it just shows that you know that he was in favor of the referendum, and he convinced his neighbors that it's a good idea, and it is a good idea, and we should be voting against the town center affordable housing amendments because they're poorly drafted and do not achieve affordable housing. So, uh, Jeff Shedd was pretty um, surprised, I think, if I'm if I'm reading um, his expression and 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 hearing him say that he was very surprised. Uh, correctly, then he was, and 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 it's important that before the election in November that, um, in my view, that somebody reaches out to the developer or to the local investor, Poppy Monks, and asks them, you know, why they pulled the plug. Why isn't there anyone just defending the the project on the merits? Because there's an assumption that it was the political process that drove the developer away. And I don't think there's any evidence to support that assumption. I mean, there was no overwhelming, overbearing campaign. They, they, The developer got a vote out of the town council in less than a year, and, and we could have had a referendum shortly thereafter within a couple months, and the developer decided to walk away. So we're left debating the merits of a project that is no longer viable, and assuming that the reason why we don't have the opportunity to actually have this Dunham Court is because 10% of registered Cape voters signed a petition, and that's just not the case, so I encourage Chef Shedd and anyone else reporting on the issue to ask the developer, you know, why did you walk away? Why can't you defend? What is so abhorrent about having to just defend the project to the voters at the polls? And and I said, I suggested that it's just as reasonable to believe that the developer reached the same conclusion that I did, that agrees with me that this particular project in this town using the numbers that they presented doesn't make sense for the town of Cape Elizabeth. It's not housing that we need. It's not housing that matches up with the comprehensive plan, no matter how contorted the supporters of it try to be. And, and, and more importantly, the, the public cost greatly outweighs the public good. It's not housing for workforce. It's not housing for families. And we can do a lot better um, with other with other, you know, ways and there and there are a lot of ways and there are a lot of exciting things on the horizon including the new state law that will allow for the development of affordable housing developments in the town center with higher density and less parking restrictions but would keep intact the zoning ordinances that a lot of people care about in the town center that make for, you know, a village-style uh, feel requiring retail space on the first floor and abiding by all the other zoning Regulations that the rest of us in town center have to abide by. There's a 35 foot height restriction. There's a footprint restriction. You know, there's just there's there's certain elements of design that should be uh, either changed for everyone or um, applied equally across the board. So that's what the state housing law does. It doesn't make exceptions. It doesn't not carving out uh, carving up a zoning law to to just cram in one particular project, it actually applies fairly across the board and I'm supportive of it. So the the Cape Courier um, hopefully will, I I hope, will publish a correction um, and just in advance of the referendum so that people, because it matters, you know, validation matters. And it's important that people know that people like you know Richard Berman did sign the petition to put the town center affordable housing amendments on the ballot, and did ask neighbors circulate a petition, convince people that it was a good idea because it is a good idea. And if 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 Dunham Court that model, the town center affordable housing amendments is is the winning idea, then let's have a discussion about the merits, and, and instead of just vilifying. The people who simply wanted to put it out for a referendum who are now being blamed for the fact that the developer walked. So I'm hoping that the Cape Courier continues its excellent work in covering the issue and includes a correction about that and perhaps gets to the bottom, you know, from the horse's mouth, from the developer. What what exactly is the problem? Like, why why did you walk away? Because the only thing that was going to happen was there was going to be a vote, and um, and that's what you can expect because that's what the zoning law allows. And um, and if it's a good project and it's worthy of such a high degree of public investment, not a single private dollar was going to be used to build Dunham Court. It you know thirteen and a half million dollars two years ago. It's probably about fifteen or who knows maybe even twenty million dollars now plus a TIF and you know, a, a gigantic public expense. Uh, and the public gain is 23 one-bedroom low-income apartments, not suitable for families because they're one-bedroom, not suitable for the workforce because they're restricted to low income. So maybe the developers should be called uh, upon to defend the project on the merits in advance of the referendum. Um, I hope that that happens. The other thing I want to talk about is um, relates to the Cape Courier. It, you know the the call by a local business person for a new town planner. I think that got the attention of a lot of readers. I know it got my attention, and I have said and continue to believe that the town planner is one of the most powerful people in the town. She's been there forever. Um, she doesn't live in the town, doesn't pay taxes, doesn't vote, but wields enormous power uh, by virtue of just having institutional knowledge, having been there for so long, and um, and having so many tasks. And she does them. I mean. This is not personal. This is me commenting on um, a problem that I see and and in support of the idea that perhaps what the town needs is objective and professional advice when it comes to issues like legal interpretation, when it comes to economic development, when it comes to complicated financial transactions like TIFs and um, and these these big housing projects, that we shouldn't simply rely on somebody... uh, you know, who's a, who's a planner, <laughs> and and I just want to give you three examples um, that that I think demonstrate the town planner in the in in Cape Elizabeth putting her finger on the scale. Okay, I think she is 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 guilty of she she does a lot of things really well, and her performance evaluations I'm sure reflect that. I'm sure there's plenty of people who will come forward and gloat about how lucky we are to have this town planner but when it comes to affordable housing um, in my view she gave a lot of bad legal advice was the gatekeeper and 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 really put her finger on the scale and I'm just first to give some concrete examples Um, there was a request by a town counselor in May of 2021 um, to provide a summary the town councillor requested the town planner to provide a summary of the 2019 Comprehensive Plan, references to affordable housing. So, the, you know, for those of you who may not know, Cape Elizabeth had, you know, we have a, a really comprehensive, well-written comprehensive plan that is from 2019. Hundreds and hundreds of hours went into this thing. So much analysis and data it's it's remarkable it's actually one of the most interesting reports that i've read uh, as a public document it's 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 very well done and so you the town planner is asked to provide this um summary of references and goes through and and skips the definition of affordable housing which you know now if you just if you do a search in the Comprehensive Plan, it gets to page 67 that defines affordable housing as, you know, it defines affordable housing as decent, safe, and sanitary dwelling for households whose income does not exceed 80% of the median income for the region. Okay, so that's 80% of the Cumberland County region. That's the definition of affordable housing in the Comprehensive Plan. The request of the planner was to provide a summary of references to affordable housing in the Comprehensive Plan. She skips over that one. And that's the one, that's like, that's the issue, right, is that, this, that what we're voting on, what Dunham Court requested was an amendment to the zoning ordinance to allow for the creation of low-income housing but the zoning amendments are called the town center affordable housing amendments so they're called affordable housing the town the comprehensive plan defines affordable housing as 80% of the regional income dunham court in fact restricts income to very low income less than you know 60% of the the portland metro area less than $42,000 so you now why why would you as um, somebody would providing information to the town council for the purpose of considering affordable housing affordable housing is a defined term in the zoning ordinance it's defined in the comprehensive plan and not include the definition not point out that we are calling this new law that this developer wants the town center affordable housing amendments affordable housing is a defined term in the zoning ordinance and in the comprehensive plan but we're using it differently but I'm not going to tell you that so that's i think i i, I was stunned actually that um, that you, you know, would, would skip over the definition of affordable housing in providing um, a memorandum that represents, as, you know, itself as objective, you know, a summary of a search. You just do the Google search. It comes up. You know, all of the other ones that she has comes up. This one does, too. It's a pretty important one. I mean, you <laughs> it's pretty. legal definitions are, are pretty important. The second question. Uh, time that I that I'm aware of that I or just a a second time actually aware of several of them but I'm just going to point out three because I have all the documentation the second time that I think the town planner has um, unfairly in my view um, put her finger on the scale in this issue and this is this relates to me a little bit personally because she created this memo in January of 2022 about plan B which is as hopefully listeners know, was my effort to have an alternative to Dunham Court on the ballot in November, which is community housing on public land, low and affordable, you know, low and moderate income housing on land that was left to us by Thomas Jordan. The pitch has been since day one that the location of community housing, plan B, community housing's location is on land that was left to the town by Thomas Jordan. So Maureen O'Meara prepares this memo in January to the town manager that was circulated to the town councilors and then appeared on a website um, by the banker. And and it says, apparently, this is, I'm reading from the memo. Apparently, there is a citizen organizing for construction of 10 acres of affordable housing at Gullcrest. Well, that's me. I'm the citizen she's referring to. And she did not have the professional courtesy to just send me a copy, which is, it, you know, maybe you think, well, that's not her job, except in this instance, the unwritten policy for the town planner is that the developer gets forwarded by her every single email that is sent regarding the project so if I send an email to the planning board or to the town council Maureen O'Meara the town planner forwards it to the developer and <laughs> and and I asked to to please have the same you know Service, You know, if you're going to, if I could please also be forwarded all the correspondence regarding the project, because I was heavily invested in it. And she said no. And I asked her to get on the mailing list um, so I could be notified with the paper mailing notices if there was going to be a change to the project. And she said no. And so even though she wrote this about me, did not send me a copy. And most importantly, depicts a map of Goldcrest that does not include the land left by Thomas Jordan. It excludes it. So so it, it it purports to show the location of Plan B community housing right on the athletic fields. And then makes the case that, oh, the gull crest does have all these environmental problems. Now, um I that doesn't happen by accident. <laughs> you know, this is you don't just create a map that excludes the specific area in question, um by accident or why if it is an accident, it's a reckless accident. And I am, I'm owed an apology. The, the people of the town of Cape Elizabeth are owed an apology. The town council is owed an apology. This is a grave mistake. A citizen came forward with a plan for affordable housing. Apparently there's a crisis. You know, the developer came forward and we had to bend over backwards to change the zoning law. And yet here I have a plan. And instead of helping me get the plan, you know, to the point of consideration, she's polluting the waters by circulating this memorandum that does not show the correct location of Plan B community housing. And I would argue, intentionally suggests that it's going to be either like on wetlands to get the, you know, cockles up of all the environmentalists or on the athletic fields. So that's the second instance when the town planner, when it comes to affordable housing, made a mistake, you know, to give her the benefit of the doubt. it It was a mistake that just seems like it should have been reconciled publicly um, or didn't make a mistake. And the most recent example of the town planner, I think, giving very bad, uh, very non-objective advice and counsel to the town council, uh, relates to the new zoning, uh, the new state law. And I'm referring to um, a spreadsheet that she prepared. Her name is not on it, but it was prepared to the, you know, for the purposes of the ordinance committee meeting recently and shows what she says uh, is an analysis or a comparison of the new law and what basically what we have to do. That's the point. and, and, And she says on it just makes complete like misinformation. She says the term multiplex housing should be replaced with multifamily housing. And then she says multifamily housing is allowed in all the growth areas, growth areas of the RC, RB, TC, and BA districts, uh, you know, multiplex housing is not the same thing as multifamily housing. Those are two defined terms in the zoning ordinance. Legally defined terms have meaning. So to say that one should be substituted for the other because of the new state law is just, <laughs> is, is not, you know, that's not correct. It's not accurate at all. What the new state law says is that in municipalities, towns like Cape Elizabeth, where there are is allowed multifamily housing, multifamily housing being a defined term, then these new high density and less restrictive parking uh, standards apply. So in the case of the town center, um, there's a, Cape Elizabeth allows for multifamily housing in only two zones, the town center and the business A zone. And so the new state law, at least with respect to affordable housing developments, applies to those two zones. What Maureen's suggesting in her spreadsheet, falsely, is that the new state law somehow requires us to allow for affordable housing developments in multifamily buildings in the RA and the RC zones. And that's just, it's just a preposterous contortion of the new law. And it's just, it's... um, it's, you know it's a big deal it's it's a big deal there a lot of effort went into this new law I'll just give you another example of just bad legal advice she says about the provision that 30a um, mrSA 4364-a1 where it talks about a municipality municipality shall allow on a lot with one existing dwelling unit up to the addition of up to two dwelling units so then she says that what we have to do is allow a two unit, with the same lot size. So that's just wrong. What the new law says is that if you have a single family, you can add up to two additional dwelling units. So that would be a three, a total of three dwelling units. What Maureen says wrongly, erroneously, is that the new state law would allow for accessory, two accessory dwelling units to be added to a single family home. So she just she gets it all wrong and and she shouldn't because, you know, just to suggest that multiplex housing is the same as multifamily housing. In the the task of explaining the new state law, I mean, obviously what she's trying to do is expand the areas where multifamily housing should be. And that is her right, but that's not her job. Like her job is to explain the law. And if she can't explain it, if she doesn't know how to interpret statutes, she should pass. (laughs) <laughs> but to just say that, yeah, under the new state law, we have to make now um, multifamily housing allowed in all of the growth areas, and we should just switch out um, the terms in the zoning ordinance. Okay, multiplex housing is is very different than multifamily housing. Multiplex housing is two attached dwelling units. So there's two buildings. Imagine the condos at Colonial Village. Any, any housing where there's a front door for every unit, they're attached. On the sides, but there's individual units. Multifamily is two or more dwelling units contained in one building. So it's a big building with apartments. It's an apartment building. Multifamily is an apartment building. And what th- these housing zealots and activists, for some reason, believe that there is, that there's. Somehow we have to have multifamily housing in in suburban towns. I don't know why. There's no study. There's no research to suggest that it's a it's a quality, uh, it's a, it's a quality issue, or it's good, or it. So there's no. The town of Cape Elizabeth has purposely restricted multifamily housing to two zones. The new state law doesn't say that we have to expand that. Maureen Omira, the town planner, suggests in her memo that we do. That's just wrong, and 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 so. It's important that the facts get out to the public before the referendum. The Town Center affordable housing amendments were drafted specifically to allow for one specific project that is no longer on the table. It's poorly worded. It, it, it's very confusing because it refers to, it's called affordable housing and it's not affordable housing by definition. And now it's very confusing because the new state law defines an affordable housing development to include low and moderate income, rent and ownership. And the town center affordable housing amendments also refer to an affordable housing development. So there's just all kinds of confusion and ambiguity. They should be repealed. You should vote against the town center affordable housing amendments and be excited if you are pro-affordable housing like I am that the new state law, which is much better, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's better written, it applies fairly, um, and it achieves the goal of higher density and less parking restrictions. It doesn't do away with the other zoning uh, requirements. And most importantly, it empowers the people, the town people of Cape Elizabeth who own all the single family residents, right? 90% of people own their own homes. Overwhelming majority are single-family residents. The new state law allows for the addition of up to two additional dwelling units. So we should be counting, anticipating the growth of the housing supply because of the new state law that doesn't require a substantial public investment to for you know for for-profit low-income housing. So my position is that we should definitely the town council should just nip this in the bud this is ridiculous that we're being put through this process this contorted referendum process because the proponents of dunham port wanted the time to gin up you know the public discourse with these consultants who are writing reports um you know the town council should just put a fork in the town center affordable housing amendments but if they don't it doesn't appear that they're going to i hope the townspeople vote down the town center affordable housing amendments and Uh, support the implementation of the new state law and especially support the processing of, you know, the allowance of the creation of homes by private people. Like, that's what we should be focusing on. The the town planner in the memo uh, analyzing the new law doesn't mention that there's going to be this huge opportunity in Cape Elizabeth for residents, for townspeople who live there now, who pay taxes, who, who, are, who are concerned about their own future economic security and their ability to keep up with the expenses. You know, we're building this huge new school system. Well, we should be building housing that can accommodate families and kids. And so, you know, we need to do affordable housing and, and community housing is a good idea that should be contemplated Um, affordable housing developments per the new state law are a good idea and most importantly we should be focusing on how to streamline the permitting process for individual landowners to create housing and and not you know rely so heavily on these cookie cutter models that are developed and designed with the sole purpose of maximizing the return of you know on the investment and that's not a, you know, some people think it's somehow a personal attack on the developer. You know, the developer is a corporation. Corporations have a duty to shareholders to maximize the return on the investment. A for-profit corporation has to make a profit, and, and that's its purpose. And so there's nothing wrong with criticizing a public project that is a for-profit. Uh, you know, and the high cost is out, outweighs the public good. So that's it for today's show. I'm again grateful to uh, Jeff Shedd for the time. Um, hopeful to do um, get some more interviews on the podcast, and looking forward to um, you know continuing to to work on on cre- on the creation of responsible, long term, affordable housing in a really great town. And, and that's the thing is everybody wants to live in Cape Elizabeth because it's a really great town, and and we shouldn't just cave to this campaign of lobbying by the bankers and the real estate developers and the housing advocates who just for some reason are are sold hook, line, and sinker on these big multifamily, low-income, for-profit housing projects with absolutely no research to show that they in any way increase opportunities for low-income families in the long run. No research to show in any way that they are good for families. And, and if what we want to do in Cape Elizabeth is nurture families, educate families, if the reason why all these people who are supporting of the budget want people to go out and support new schools, then we should create housing that accommodates kids. So um, thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Cynthia Dale signing off. And I better sign off because a big storm is moving in. Take care.